0: Good day. You're listening to Free City Radio. I'm Stefan Christoph in Montreal. Thanks for tuning in. On the program this week, I'm going to be featuring a conversation I had with the authors of a collection of writings called The Communist Horizon Futures Beyond Capitalist Urbanization. Uh, I spoke with Mary Ann Taylor and Noah Bremer. They pulled together a series of writings that look at what spaces in cities could be beyond the framework of land and housing as property, looking at uh, the ways that property was experienced differently, uh, both in the former state socialist Eastern Bloc, but also within experiments of autonomous organizing in other cities around the world. I think what's interesting and important about this book is that it looks at a bottom-up perspective and narrative about what an alternative to real estate markets can be, and when we look at the context of Eastern Bloc context, we aren't necessarily looking at state policy from the top down, but looking at the ways that community organizing happened in a different space-time, in a different economic and political system. Um, with of course layers of repression, but looking at how people organized uh, on the ground. And I think there's a lot to learn from the ways that community activists worked to um, create space and uh, equitable living conditions in different historical circumstances. The Communist Horizon uh, has been released by Common Notions, uh, which is an excellent publishing house. Um, based between Philadelphia and New York City. Thank you so much to Mary and Noah for being on the program today to speak about your book. And uh, here's our exchange. I'm really happy to talk with both of you. Um, Thanks so much for doing this. When we think about imaginaries of public space and you know, we can get into specifics about housing policy and possibilities of how to organize urban spaces for living in relation to economic models. I mean, your book really goes to quite a few locations in the world. It's not centered in one place, but really challenges the reader to think critically about, well, the part that, I, that really resonated for me was to think critically about Um, Not simply tossing away a lot of the policies um, that were developed in the context of state socialism in Eastern Europe in terms of policy for housing, for public space. Um, There's often this idea that we must toss everything that people did together in that space of politics because of repression under um, the Soviet Union leadership. I guess first, before we get into the weeds on some of the different points in the book, maybe you can both uh, introduce yourself and just share with us briefly the commonest horizon and why you worked on this book and why, you know, the issues that are raised and were important for you to address. So I'll just go in the order of my screen, Mary, uh, please... um, introduce yourself, and and, uh, any thoughts on this?
1: Sure, Um, my name is Mary Taylor, um, and I've been working for since about 2011, technically 2013, with a collective called Left East, which is an international collective of people, most of whom are located in formerly socialist states in Eastern Europe, um, others of whom have lived in those places or um, do research or political activity in those places. And um, in Euro English we call it a platform, um, in American English I guess we'd call it something like an online journal um, is, is one of the products that we produce so it's a kind of news and analysis website um, that we also kind of think of as a set of relationalities so a kind of solidarity building uh, project and a related aspect of that is that we used to do annual summer schools. We haven't been able to do them in the last few years, um, but that's also part of the relational project is bringing people from the social movements in the region together, sometimes also with people elsewhere to to analyze, but also to produce solidarity. So that's kind of where I locate myself in this project. Um, The project is originally Noah's, Idea, so I was thinking that maybe I'd, I'd turn it over to Noah to talk about the original um, idea behind it.
2: So, hi, I'm Noah Bramer, uh, and uh, I'm here in Vilnius, Lithuania. Um, and yeah, as Mary said, um, a couple of years ago now, um, uh, as part of uh, a movement space or a social center, info shop, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Uh, based in a district, uh, a micro-district in Vilnius, um, uh, that me and some other uh, groups and individuals started. Um, uh, We started kind of asking questions about how to kind of um, organize ourselves on like a district uh, basis and uh, uh, for our own internal survival as a space to not be displaced as part of like uh, a municipal regeneration project, but also to kind of, uh, build and develop, a, a, a sense of, uh, belonging in our neighborhoods, um, as part of, say, the union activity, um, or youth activities, uh, and different various, uh, kind of practices, the orgs, uh, under, uh, the space kind of, uh, operate through. Um, so yeah, from there, uh, uh, in asking these questions, um, uh, kind of a conversation started with Mary um, who 's been involved in um, like, uh, uh, the kind of these questions for a long time and uh, has raised them uh, within the specific regional context uh, uh, the problems uh, uh, at least many of the problems that we face uh, have come up with Thank you both for outlining your thoughts on that.
0: Um, so when you say questions. Um, Can you maybe go back to some of the central questions that are driving this project Um, and some of the ways that you're trying to challenge um, sort of the cultural atmosphere, I guess, of the the left in terms of the international left being dominated by uh, sort of Western shorthand when it comes to thinking about um, possibilities of urban space and how that relates to housing, how that relates to collectivity? Thank you.
1: Yeah, so I guess my first thought on that would be that um there's been a I think a really positive shift in the the, the left in in Eastern Europe. So the, let's call it the new left. It's mostly younger people. Um in which there's there's a shift from um, something that kind of happened earlier after the so-called transition or when, you know, 1989 moment in which there was a a, a kind of adoption of a self-colonized um, perspective where everything that had happened there was uh, backwards or um you know, not any more valid. And there was this kind of import of Western ideas, Western styles, and so on. And not just, you know, not just on the right, right, but also on the left, or, you know, the kind of neoliberal right, but also on the left. And, And in these last, I would say in this last decade, what we've seen is a lot of like, really good um engaged research you know um where people have started to like um excavate the histories of the region in a much deeper way so not just taking that standard narrative but saying no what what actually happened here so you know maybe there was a policy and then maybe there was actually a movement to change that policy or to add to the things that were happening in that social sphere and so it's it's actually really inspiring to see Eastern European folks like researching their own history and kind of finding their own history of, of, of movement and struggle and working with that. So that's been something really inspiring to see. And when Noah approached me to work on this project, that was one of the things that I really wanted to be able to um, to kind of highlight in this um in this project without you know without any kind of triumphalism to say that anything was perfect ever but to be able to start to tell those stories about the 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 struggles and the the experiments that happen both within state socialism but also under state socialism before state socialism and since state socialism
2: yeah and um Yeah, I mean, for instance, uh, as um, I'm also, I'm an editor, but as also a contributor, uh, like married to the book uh, as part of a research collective. And, like um, you know, unlike in like uh, many Western or even like like Global South uh, uh, kind of uh, contexts, we didn't have like a literary reference point for the commons to begin with, uh, like in the Baltics like uh, it was more or less non-existent. So to we kind of began to ask like, okay, so we're taking on this like international movement concept that has had a certain traction and been kind of adapted, but also brought into tension in different ways with other kind of like uh, comrades, uh, comrades in other parts of Eastern Europe. Uh, but like, where is our kind of uh, dialogue uh, with this uh, movement concept? Uh, so kind of... To explore that was, uh, like, um, uh, quite a useful exercise uh, for kind of uh, grounding ourselves in, like, uh, uh, regional uh, knowledges and histories of uh, district, like, uh, of, like, kind of uh, district and, like, uh, class power. Uh, um,
0: Yeah. Well, building on that, Noah, uh, when you talk about, you know, district and class power, so... um just in terms of like thinking about like frameworks of power and organization in the context of you're talking about the baltic context we could talk about the balkan context we could talk about uh you know former socialist states in general um just can you build a bit and share what exactly or sort of some thoughts that people could consider about this idea that um there was like Legitimate and important ideas that took place in the context of political struggle in those spaces that, uh, you know, 1989 wasn't simply a, a point of liberation as it's generally a, that's the shorthand that there is a process and that process is not really defined necessarily by that date.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, I mean, one of the uh, interest we took up um, was uh, with um, uh, like uh, communal reproduction uh, practices that took place like at a semi autonomy from the state and embodied more kind of horizontal or lateral like uh, relationships uh, um, and were a source of like uh, kind of uh, district uh, power uh, for making demands towards the state uh, but also. Combining with survival strategies, um, uh, so uh, in our district, for instance, like uh, we discovered that like uh, uh, um, district gardens uh, uh, were kind of self-organized by uh, women in housing blocks, uh, and like we ha- we were under the assumption that this only happened in the '90s after the fall, but to our surprise, uh, these practices had begun. Uh, Uh, during state socialism which was quite a revelation for us because we're like wow people were like uh squatting in lithuania under state socialism like we didn't think that like uh uh that was uh uh, possible uh so like it just was a bit of a a shift in like how our standpoints and understanding of like what's a kind of uh claims uh, to the city uh, and the commons could look like. Um, But I think Mary can say a bit uh, more about maybe um, uh, the, yeah, the tensions uh, uh, between our policy and uh, uh, social space. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, um, lefties actually started out in a, um, a summer meeting that we had in which we were Kind of trying to rehistoricize the 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 so-called transition, again, the transitional moment, right this 1989 narrative. Um, and one of the things that was really important in that meeting that we thought a lot about was um, how the transition to neoliberalization had already begun in the 1970s. and um, Stefan, I know that you have uh, Balkan roots, right, and there you see it really clear in the um, in the debt. Um, the buildup of debt in Yugoslavia, for example. Um, So you already had these kinds of austerity moves that were happening um, under the thumb of global capital. And so uh, you have these really interesting experiments that happen in the different states very differently, but there's some kinds of similar things that happen. um, In which there are these kinds of decentralizations that happen. Where there is a lot more kind of citizen control over certain things, but which is directly related to a kind of defunding by the state. And so you see these really interesting dynamics happening that, again, you can't really generalize because you have to look at it in any of these states and even in the regions of the states, especially when you're looking at a place like Yugoslavia. But, or the u s s r but um, but, as a general rule, if you start looking at it as like a you know the, as like rather than a static thing, if you look at state socialism as something that was changing over time in relationship to these larger dynamics of capital and the attempt to build the socialist bloc, you see that there 's all of these dynamics going on where that, where citizens are actually participating and shaping things a lot even if technically they're not supposed to be, but in many cases, actually, because they're allowed to. And, um, and as a result, you also get these kinds of narratives that are a little bit too hopeful about what was happening at the time. And I think that the book kind of does a good job because it has so many voices in it from different places of being able to kind of balance that overly hopeful picture with, uh, you know, the kind of the fact that there were these things happening, um, so I think you see that in some of the pieces, like the 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 piece on on housing in Yugoslavia and then later Serbia, um, really gets at that really beautifully because it's saying don't throw out the Yugoslav housing project, but let's also understand all of its weaknesses. Um, so I think you know I I don't know if that really answers the question, but I guess that's what I felt I could insert here.
0: Thanks. Often, um, frameworks of understanding a moment or a historical reality are defined through the lens of the powerful, obviously. And uh, what I really liked about this project, um, in the different examples you mentioned, is you're talking about you know districts or quartiers or like little neighborhoods where people are. Um, And projects, specific projects, housing projects in the Yugoslav context, where people were um, trying to push back and create, and this idea that the state is driving the entirety of the process in any political moment is ridiculous. But that's sort of like one of the sort of shorthands that we still think about. Like in the in the contemporary context, it's like okay, well, the the post COVID. economic reconstruction bill that Biden passed in the United States, for example, obviously is a response to social movements and, you know, it falls way short of any sort of serious reckoning with a lot of the issues that are being faced, but all the positive aspects are coming from the pressure of and organizing and uh, illustration of power by social movements. So how does that sort of thinking about power, like why is it important for us to think about that framework and critique of power when it comes to remembering Eastern Europe and what's happened before and how it translates to the present? Noah or Mary, please go ahead.
1: Well, I think that, you know, again, we have this picture of state socialism having been particularly authoritarian, and certainly there are moments of extreme authoritarianism in certain parts of the Eastern Bloc in particular moments, but I think that... um, as you've just pointed out with the examples you gave, what we're talking about are processes of struggle, right? And the state is produced through processes of struggle. But beyond the state as well, you have these autonomous projects, right, that may remain kind of autonomous from the state technically, but may also be able to exist because of particular characteristics that are also related to the state form, right? But then you also have Um, some of those autonomous projects that eventually um, uh, push up into or incorporated into various state projects at different scales which is something that I think is really important that you're talking about so that um, I'm thinking about for example the the you know in Hungary for example and this is not unique to Hungary uh, uh, in the in the former socialist bloc, but um, you had this kind of um, in the in the later socialism when you, in the period that you can kind of you know uh pair up with neoliberalization you do have these shifts in which there's um a kind of uh what should i say a, a um a concession of certain state actors to to people um for various reasons that people prefer to preferred under the conditions in which they lived to produce uh privately rather than in cooperatives or state farms now that shouldn't be an absolute thing to say that people always prefer that, but we're talking about a specific condition and so this this the the state actors realized that they were better off kind of commissioning people to produce in private plots than forcing them to to produce in cooperatives and state farms so there was a a distribution so what people kind of generally in the region called dachas these um these um you know, uh, country plots um, were actually being used to produce for the state privately. Right. And people were much more productive producing on these plots than they were when they were working on the farms, um, the cooperative and, and the state farms. So I wouldn't say that the ultimate conclusion is that people always want to do produce privately under all conditions but under these conditions that was a kind of concession that allowed people to have a certain type of you know what they understood as autonomy and still produce for the state there's all things that we could then also talk about how the state then use that kind of social re- reproductive sphere for other purposes, right? to be put towards other things and and that's, you know, a larger picture we can look at, but I think you can see there, right? So the struggle sometimes shows up where we can say, oh, this is state policy, this is within the state, but sometimes it shows up as autonomy, but that autonomy might actually be under the conditions that are produced by the state. I mean, Another example is 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 the cooperatives in fact, that they were the the rural cooperatives in Hungary also had like subunits of industrial production related to the agricultural production um, and what we know much better now than we knew when people were trying to predict it during the state socialist period is that the, the successful production even of those private plots was dependent on the cooperatives that did various things like um, distribute um, share tools, all kinds of other things. So, so I guess I would just say that, like, if you look at the actual texture of these places, you find much more struggle in everyday as well as on the level of policy that's, that's, you know, glossed over when we just say this, these were authoritarian States. Um, Yeah. So I'll maybe know what you want to say a word.
2: And I would say, like, I would add to that by saying like, yeah, one of the, the threads, uh, in the book, as far as like the inter-eastern European kind of dialogue that unfolds in the book uh, would be these survival practices um, that are identified in Lithuania through Blatas and uh, in Hungary and the Balkans through MOBA. And these are like uh, kind of uh, uh, knowledges and practices of communal uh, sort of like uh, communally oriented survival practices that are produced were produced by communities and also predate socialism uh, in a way like say the commons but as Mary is saying uh, they're also picked up uh, um, uh, as as a way of outsourcing the cost of reproduction onto the people uh, so under uh. The kind of neoliberal conditions of capitalism, which is defined by just kind of uh, uh, kind of structural divestments uh, um, and a- accumulation by dispossession and such uh, it 's like uh, how do we turn these survival practices that on one hand offer us uh, this great source of uh, power uh, uh, how do we kind of redirect them away from profit and towards uh, uh, the kind of actual like building and uh, sustaining of our uh, movements uh, and that's where the commons and the problematic of the commons I think really appears in a very strong way as an important uh, kind of uh, framework uh, for uh, building survival, the kind of commons of survival in the co- into the commons of, uh, of a revolutionary uh, uh, movement.
1: Another contradiction there is, of course, that those same practices can be taken up into neoliberal individualism, right? So that, that's another problem we have for, for the question of the commons.
0: That was a conversation with Mary Ann Taylor and Noah Bremer, uh, who have edited a collection of writings called The Communist Horizon, Futures Beyond Capitalist Urbanization. Thank you so much to you both for being on the program today. For people who would like to get more information about this book, just visit Commonist. For people who would like to get more information about this title, just visit CommonNotions.org/Commonist-Horizon. This has been another edition of Free City Radio. I'm your host Stefan Christophe in Montreal. We air weekly on CKUT ninety point three FM in Montreal. That is on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. We also air in Montreal, Geo on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. on CGLO, 1690 a.m. And on CKUW, 95.9 FM in Winnipeg at 8 a.m. on Tuesdays. On CFRC, 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at 11.30 a.m. on Wednesdays and on CFUV, 101.9 FM in victoria british columbia on wednesdays at 9 a.m you can find free city radio on spotify and apple podcasts just look us up our archives are at soundcloud.com slash free city radio um thanks for tuning in and um i will go out with some music today from the artist secret pyramid i'll talk to you next week and take care